Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. We're in our blessed series this uh, month, and we're looking at the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes was a sermon that Jesus gave, and um, it talks about eight characteristics, eight blessings that are available for those who are willing to take them on, because they're not particularly the natural things that we would think or feel or do. They're a little bit counterculture, and so Jesus talked about them. Did you know that Beatitude means extreme blessedness? Does anyone want some extreme blessedness in their life? Well, think about these Beatitudes, because they're great. Last week, we looked at the first three. We looked at those who are poor in spirit are the ones that inherit the kingdom of God. Poor in spirit actually means those who realize their need for God are the ones that actually end up inheriting the kingdom of God, not the ones that that think, oh, no, I've got it sorted. No, it's the ones that, that go, actually, God, I need you. They're the ones. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. So each beatitude, it actually builds on the next. And today we're looking at Matthew 5, 6 to 7, which is up on the screen. And it said, blessed. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. A lot of people in the world today are looking for satisfaction all over the place. But I can tell you what, satisfaction comes when you hunger and thirst for righteousness. Uh, And blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. So, here we go. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Hunger and thirst. Hunger and thirst, it's all about appetites. Who has a good appetite? I have a good appetite. I love food. I find it hard to fast. Anyone else with me? I really enjoy food. And I normally have a healthy appetite. And I... (laughs) Don't take that. That's mine. That's what I say to him. No, I don't. I don't, actually. Except... Anyway, stop. I'm going to be serious. Come on. We all have appetites. Appetites for food and drink, and we need that to live, to survive. But we also have other appetites. Appetites in our soul. Appetites, or another word for that, is things that drive us. Some of the appetites that we have are good, and others are not so good. So some people are a very driven type people. Get out of my way. Because I am getting to there. And I'm going to run over whoever I happen to see on the way. James talks about that and, and maybe behind that, that extreme drivenness or that, that, that appetite could be something that it calls selfish ambition. Some people have this, this appetite, this need, this drive for other people to tell them they're okay. This drive for approval. Tell me I'm okay. Make me feel good about me. And so they do all sorts of things because they are driven for approval, the approval of man. 
It's a very unhealthy way to live. But there are good appetites. I was reading about the the founder of eBay yesterday, a guy who um, gave away $61.5 million in 2010 to develop technology that helps ill children. That's a great appetite. That's a great drive. They're good and bad. The thing about appetites, this is the thing, the thing about appetites is that they go st- grow stronger when we feed them. What we feed grows. What we starve dies. The more we feed an appetite, the stronger it becomes. So a while ago, I stopped eating a lot of sugar and I starved that appetite. Is that me? What is that? Should I use a handheld? Pardon? Stay with that? Okay. So I starved this appetite for sugar, and now if I just have a little bit, it's like when, <laughs> when our grandson had um, Greek yogurt for the first time. <laughs> you know how it's so tart? The face, anyway. Grandmother moment. Um, back to the Bible. You spoke about him today, so why can't I? <laughs> So I had this, like, yes, because I starved it. If we keep feeding our body more than it needs, it'll get bigger. An addiction. (coughs) The only way to starve an addiction, the only way to to, to get out of an addiction is to starve it, right? The more we feed it, the more it will grow, the stronger it will get. And Jesus came to set us free. Anything that we have to is a problem. You don't have to. If you have to, it, it, it is holding you. You're not holding it. Any mindset that we have is, that is not true, that is not what the Bible tells us, the only way to get that gone is to, have, is to fill it, fill our lives and our mind with the Word of God continually. Yeah. Make a choice after choice after choice after choice. Every day, make a choice. Every second, make a choice. People say, but I'm not free. Well, keep making the choice and you will be. Keep making the choice. That's why God gave us choice so that we would use that. Anyway, Galatians 6, for the one who sows to his own flesh will from, from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. So we can choose, there's that word again, we can choose to sow to our flesh, which will end in tears and death and addiction and brokenness and all sorts of things that we don't want in our lives. Or We can sow to the Spirit, which will ultimately end in eternal life with Jesus. But here on earth, guess what? It produces some amazing things called the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. If we're sowing to the Spirit, what we produce is the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. And they are great. That's the fruit that we all want, right? Because everyone in our life is blessed when we sow to the Spirit. So the first beatitude we're looking at today talks about the most important thing we can sow into. The most important hunger and thirst we can have. And that is a hunger and a thirst for God. 
a hunger and a thirst for his way, a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. The message version of that scripture says it like this, you're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. He is food and drink in the best meal you'll ever eat. You are blessed when you work up an appetite for God. Talking about appetites today, how's your appetite for God? He is food and drink in the best meal you'll ever have. That's what he is. There's nothing that satisfies like God. Every human being, every human being has an appetite inside them for God. And some try and cover it up. They keep searching. If I get this, maybe, maybe this will help. Maybe this will help. And they pile all these other things, all these other appetites on top of something that is only going to be satisfied by God himself. And if you don't know God today, today's a great day for you because you can change that. But even when we know God, even when... When we follow God, we can become dull and we can lose our appetite for him. And sometimes we need to starve other appetites to allow the most important appetite to grow stronger. I'm going to starve all the other ones. One great way to do that is fasting. Anyone found that? It literally starves your flesh. But it starves other appetites too. It, it starves them, it kills them, and it opens up our spirit. And so for me, after fasting, it's like all the... Um, thank you, darling. He speaks Mel really well. All the static, it goes. And it's like this clear communication. I can hear more clearly because I've starved everything else. Another, another way to, to get that hunger and thirst to increase is, is really simple, just prayer. Just talking to Jesus. Just doing what we were doing a little while ago and worshipping God. Reading the word. Sitting at his feet. There's this beautiful, beautiful script, uh, story in, in Luke 10, and you may have heard it, where... The two sisters, Jesus comes to their house. Two sisters, Mary and Martha. And Martha's running around the kitchen, just getting everything ready. And Mary's sitting. And Jesus says, and Martha goes up to Mary. Uh, Martha goes up to Jesus and says, Look what she's doing. Look what, don't you care? She's leaving it all to me. And then Jesus says this, the master said, Martha, dear Martha, you're fussing far too much and getting yourself worked up over nothing. Only one thing is essential, and Mary has chosen it. It's the main course, and it won't be taken from her. It's the main course. That hunger for God, being filled by Him, it's the main course. And not only is it the main course, it will not be taken away from her. It will be the sustenance that you need as you walk through life. It will be the strength that you need as you face situations that are way bigger than you. That is the thing that will keep you. He is 
is food and drink in the best meal you'll ever eat. The psalmist said it like this, Psalm 63. And this is is the heart of hungering and thirsting after God. Oh God, you are my God. I will seek you earnestly. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you. In a dry and weary land where there is no water, my soul is satisfied as with marrow and fatness, my mouth offers praises with joyful lips. That is the heart of a hunger for God. Psalm 42, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Do you get that? Do you feel that ever for God? Because it's only when we're filled with God that we're truly satisfied. Until we, can, we can try and find other things, anything and everything, but it'll never be enough. It'll never be enough. We'll always be searching and looking for more. Luke 1, 53 says, he has filled the hungry with good things. Are you hungry? For him? Blessed are you when you hunger and thirst for righteousness, for you will be satisfied. And secondly, blessed are the merciful, for it's those, those ones, the merciful ones, that receive mercy. Anyone ever need mercy? How's your mercy meter? Colossians 3 says this, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy. Kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So we get up, and if we're an, an adult, we put on clothes, right? Every day. That's a key for some of you. Put on some clothes. We spend time putting our outfit together. Or maybe we don't. (laughs) See, they're the clothes that everyone sees. How about the clothes that God has asked you to wear? He's asked you to wear clothes right there in that scripture. It says that we are to put on clothes that people experience when they come into contact with us. The clothes that people should experience when they come into contact, we're clothed with tender-hearted mercy. We're clothed with kindness. We're clothed with humility. We're clothed with gentleness and patience. These are the clothes that God picks out for you. He picks out those clothes for us to wear every single day. They are always in fashion. They're never out of fashion. You can't say to me, oh, mercy was so last year. No, it's not last year, it's today. And tomorrow when you get up, mercy will also be in fashion. And the next day and every day, tender-hearted mercy is something that God has picked out. He said, I want you to wear that so that everyone that comes near you will experience tender-hearted mercy. So you may say, I don't have the gift of mercy, Mel. Well, join the club. I don't have the gift of mercy. That's true. <laughs> I have more than you. 
Now that's true, right? <laughs> Gee, there's a lot of naughtiness happening between us today, huh? It's Trish. It's not Trish. Trish is beautiful and merciful and compassionate and kind and gentle and humble. I don't have the gift of mercy, but it, it doesn't stop me from putting it on. As in putting on the clothes that God gave me to put on. Mercy, another word for mercy is compassion. The Bible says dress that way. The Bible tells us to put on a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. There are things that we put on when we get out of bed. Don't leave home without them. It's a choice. Because mercy is going to help our relationships. Showing mercy is going to help heal and restore some relationships in your world. That beatitude says that if we want to receive it, which I do, then we have to give it. Because as we sow, we reap. It's a promise. As we sow, we receive it. So Luke 6 says this, Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge and you'll not be judged. Do not condemn and you'll not be condemned. Pardon and you will be pardoned. Give and it will be given to you. They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. By your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. Who loves that scripture? By your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. In other words, we get to choose what we receive in life, in mercy. We get to choose whether we receive it. In judgment, we get to choose whether we receive it. In forgiveness, we get to choose whether we will receive it. In giving, we get to choose. That's what it says. And three out of those four things mentioned in that passage have to do with showing mercy. Mercy, obviously, has to do with showing mercy. Judgment. We can show mercy over judgment. And we can show mercy by forgiving rather than holding on to unforgiveness. And the Bible says that as we do that, God forgives us. Do you ever need forgiveness? Every second. I need forgiveness. There's this story in Matthew, and there are two slaves. And both of them owed money. When the first slave was asked to pay that money back, it came time for the payment to be made. He didn't have the money. He didn't have what he needed to pay it back. And the Bible says he begged for mercy and it was granted. Matthew 18, 27 says, And the Lord of that slave felt compassion, which is another word for mercy, and released him and forgave him the debt. But then the slave who was, was shown mercy, he, he, he forgave, the debt was forgiven from him, for him. He didn't extend mercy to the one who owed money to him. And the master, he heard about it, and this is 
what he said, verse 32, then summoning him, his Lord said to him, you wicked slave, I forgave you all the debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not also have had mercy on your fellow slave in the same way that I had mercy on you? And his Lord moved with anger, handed him over to the torturers until he should repay. Band, if you could come up, please. All that was owed to him. My heavenly Father will also do the same for you if each of you does not forgive his brother from your heart. We need to show forgiveness to others. I find it really interesting that the Lord, it says here, handed him over to the torturers. And that right there is unforgiveness. Torture. And it's, it's, it, we're the ones who are in torture when we don't forgive. They're not in torture. It's us. God says, if you forgive them, I'll forgive you. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. How are you going with that? Is there someone in your world that you are finding it hard to forgive? Is there someone in your world and you just can't let it go? You can be released from the torture today just by releasing that unforgiveness and forgiving them. You're not saying what they did was good or fine or okay. That's not what you're saying. You're getting free. And you're allowing the lines to, toward heaven to be open again. Because it clearly says, if we're not going to forgive, that God says, forgive and I will forgive you. It's that right there in the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those who forgive. So I want to encourage you this morning. As I was preparing this message yesterday, I believe there are some people in here today and God just wants to remind you, let it go. Let it go. Get free. The only way you're going to get free from this thing is to forgive. Give it to God. Allow Him to have His way in that situation. The more you hold on, the less he can work. So why don't you just spend a few moments. We're just going to spend a few moments just handing it over to God. Lord, now, right now, right now, Lord. Father, we forgive everyone. Father, we forgive everyone. Lord Jesus, we let go of offence because offence is taken, it's not given. We let go of offence, Lord, right now in this place. Father, we ask you to come. 
Lord, and to breathe, Lord, on every situation. God, where there has been a fracture and a break. Lord Jesus, forgive us for holding on to unforgiveness. Forgive us, Lord. Lord, we let it all go to you right now. Father, I pray for your healing power to be at work in this room right now. For everyone who needs to forgive, Lord. I pray for healing and freedom. Thank you, Lord, that you are working. That as we let go and let you, God, that you bring about some great miracles, Lord, in this place, in these situations and in these lives. Thank you. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au. We hope to see you in church again this weekend.